This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Martha, it's fun. It's it's fr- it's Good Friday. We're celebrating the most significant day in history. Hmm. A- and we're celebrating it together on the air here on I Work For Him. Yes, we are. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little later in the show. But one of the things that I just want to point out at your blog today, you talk about what is good about today, because a lot of people, you know, it's a it can feel like a very somber day and it is very heart wrenching what Jesus went through on our behalf. But he went through it on our behalf. Yeah, And if he hadn't done and what that he did, is what is good. All right, if he hadn't done what he did. It wouldn't be good. I can I tell you that much. All right. However you're listening to I Work For Him, we want to thank you for tuning in. And we want to ask you to engage with us in one of three or all of three ways. On our website, IWorkForHim.com. Lots of great information out there. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. Probably the most significant page out there is our sponsor page. Lots of people that support the show. Love for you to check them out. On Facebook uh, and on Instagram and on what a uh, Twitter. Just look for <laughs> I work for him. That's I work the number for him. But we also we've got an I work for him listener line that we would it's ours. It's only ours. Call it 866-713-9675-866-713 work. We want to hear from you. We want to get perspective from you. Uh, that's the number that you call in if you want to win the book that we're going to give away today. But we really love to get some of your perspective. How is the show making an impact on your life? And uh, we would really like to hear that. 866-713-9675. All right. Now, you guys all know that every day, Now Publishing gives us a book to highlight. As you get to hear, our book of the day, our book highlight of the day. And we've got the privilege today to have Lisa Marie Garcia in studio with us today to highlight one of her brand new authors. Lisa Marie, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here again. All right. So talk to us about what, what what's now publishing all about. Oh my goodness. We are about publishing the voice of purpose and specifically publishing the voice of his purpose. We publish in all genres. Um, it's a wonderful client. Can you spell that? Can what? I spell? Genres? Genres. <laughs> G-E-N-R-E. Yeah, okay. a, just some it. kind of a. Yeah. She wins a prize. So, so do I win the book of the week? No. Yeah, yeah, you win the word of the week. All right, word so. of the week. We uh, we have a great client intake system. It's called for the most part God brings the clients to us. So it's it's a wonderful mm. um, wonderful business to be a part of, and um, just so blessed with these books and these stories, and specifically who you're going to talk to today with Stephanie, um, her story that we can share this with the world. All right, I can introduce Stephanie just yet because I have another question for you. What kind of authors do you you like to work with at now publishing all types 
right? Well, we, uh, I mean, we what, want to work with cranky authors, right? You're, you're right. We like to work with inspirational authors for absolute certain. So authors and, that have Christ at the center of what they're talking about, absolutely, and one and ones that have passion for the life they've lived, the what they're working on um, in their personal life, and they usually have a passion. And they tell us that this is a story that they know they need to tell. Now, if they've already got their story idea down, maybe they have an outline down, maybe they even have it all written. How long does it take to take that idea, that initial manuscript to a book? How long does that take? If they come to us with just, like you said, an idea, we specialize in building the book from the ground up and we can traditionally publish it and promote it in 90 days. If they come to us with a little bit of a manuscript, a few chapters written, um, multiple documents, maybe we have actually published in 60 days. So there's a lot of, we think, undue delay in the uh, traditional publishing world. We, We got rid of that because of who we are. All right, so people, you could check out Lisa Marie and her incredible team at publishwithnow.com, publishwithnow.com, as you hear it each and every day. Now, because you hear it each and every day, you get to hear about the different books that we highlight. And today, Lisa Marie, you brought in Stephanie Coslow. She's written a book, The Year I Turned 30. Why don't you introduce Stephanie for us? Yes, uh, we were so fortunate to work with Stephanie. Her book, um, she'll tell you more about it, but it's really an amazing um, story. And what we came to as a team is her subtitle. really describes the book and her journey, which is the subtitle is Decisions That Change Destiny. And I think uh, almost everyone listening right now uh, know that you know each decision is uh, at least... Uh, we look at it, or I look at it this way, is each decision either keeps me on the right path or takes me, uh, veers me off. Steph- so, uh, Stephanie Kosla, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thank you for having me. You know, what I love about the cover of the book is that it's just a great Florida picture. A Florida sunset on the beaches of Florida. I mean, it, that's, I mean, what beach is that taken on? Do you know? It was your, was your picture? Uh Yes, that was my picture. I think it was taken on Indian Rocks Beach. Well, there's no greater yeah. beach than Indian Rocks Beach in Florida, is there, Martha? No, that's where we live. Come visit <laughs> us sometime. That's right. Okay. All right, Stephanie, I loved your book. It was real. It was painful. In fact, at times it was heart-wrenching. Why do you think all of us have to get to the end of our rope before we realize that God has been waiting there all along for us to grab onto his rope? So that's a really good question, and it's something that I've thought about for a long time as I was writing the book and then through all of the challenges that I've experienced. And honestly, I don't have an answer for that. And that's a question that I ask God a lot. You know, why do we have to go through this much to to find the faith or to find you? And um, that's definitely something that I'm going to be asking God when I get to heaven. <laughs> if you remember to ask a question, I always think, you know, we always think, we always think, well, I'm going to have this whole list of questions. But as, you know, the Mercy Me song that just came out with this phenomenal movie, I can only imagine, I think because of how in all we will be, We'll probably forget the list. Maybe. I'm just guessing. Maybe he'll give us extra time for questions after we get over the awe. I think we're going to have extra time because time will have been obliterated by then. But the the question is, in your own life, your rope, you you were at the frayed ends of the pieces of the rope. You were no longer even holding on to the three strands. I mean, you were at the very end of your rope. What? I mean, don't, don't you think it was stubbornness or what do you think it was oh, yeah. in your own life that kept you from realizing oh, God was going? Yeah. So for me personally, I've always been the type A kind of person who thinks that if I just plan it out, A, B, C and D and follow that plan, then everything's going to work out. And then it really took failure after failure after failure to understand that Stephanie's plan is not better than God's plan. And 
Apparently, I'm really stubborn because it's taken me time and time again to learn that. But I'm trying to grasp it this time. I'm trying to keep that in my in my head that my plan and my way of seeing things and my very narrow human field of perspective is just not as good as God's plan. And so it's really been a lesson in trust and in faith and in in humble, I guess, in in knowing that I don't have all the answers and it and that's okay. Uh, that's fantastic. I love that. Now, I would say we can offer the phone line to your children to call in and say, hey, mom, <laughs> let me just talk about your stubborn issues that you've got. Or we could just look at your kids and figure out which one is just like Stephanie. Mm-hmm. All right. Having said this many times, and I work for him, being a single mom is the toughest job in the world. How did you see God carrying you through those first four really tough years as you became a single mom and you didn't want to be a single mom? Yeah. So as I look back on that time and and I see God now looking back on that time, because as challenging as it was and becoming a single mom when I was pregnant with my third one, I mean, that wasn't ever mm-hmm. part of the plan. And then moving and, and financial difficulties and things like that. But as I look back on it, there were still so many times of laughter with my kids and joy and just happiness in being present in the moment. And I can only attribute that to God in stepping in and allowing me to still enjoy my children and still try to be a present mom, even with all the chaos that was going around, going on around me. That's to me, that's where I see God the most is the fact that he didn't allow it to completely overtake my life, that there was still moments of joy and laughter and walks with my kids and and things like that. We're talking today with Stephanie Coslow. She's written this book, What Matters Most of All, The Year I Turned 30. Her book's been published by Now Publishing. You can also have your book published by Now Publishing. Publishwithnow.com. Publishwithnow.com. We've got Lisa Marie Garcia in here. She's the CEO, the superwoman of Publishwithnow.com. Lisa Marie, you know, as you worked with Stephanie to produce her book, The Year That I Turned 30, how fun was it for you to hear this story and live out the story as Stephanie put this in words and eventually put it in a book? It was it was really great. In fact, as she was talking, I remembered one of my funniest, one of the funniest stories that's in the book that I loved listening to. She'll probably not love me that I'm telling this one, but there's a there's a story in there for those of you that live in Tampa area where she goes in for, I think, an interview with a newborn baby kind of in tow in a baby stroller. Um, which I I wonder if they've ever had really a baby stroller in that business networking high rise in Tampa Bay during business hours. But here she is. And she talks about that story in the book. And as I was listening to it and as other moms are reading this book, all of us have those mom stories, those working moms, crazy stories that somehow we, we got through. So it was really, this is really uh, the book meant for any of you moms and that have even gone in and out of the workplace because you can definitely identify with, with her book. So she's brought in one of her authors, Stephanie Coslow. She's written the book, The Year I Turned 30. Martha, how fun is it to have people with real stories that get to actually put them in print? When we were young, this wasn't even possible. Yeah, I think it's amazing because, you know, when God writes, we often have said, you know, God's writing a story in our life. But getting to put your story down, Stephanie, on paper and with the hope of not just telling your story, but hopefully helping other people um, wherever God has them, there's going to be something from it that they can take away and go, I want to learn from that. And I want to see how God used this story that I could maybe um, use in my life. And so that's the beauty of writing down your story is what effect it can have and help other people. I know we all go through tough times and the book isn't going to stop people from going through tough times. But even if they see perspective differently and go, you know what, 
I went through something rough and I, I got to let God use it for his glory. And so thank you for taking the time using um, Lisa and her team to be able to publish this book. And hopefully it will go on for years to come and make a difference. Well, the, the, when it's in paper, it's there forever. Uh, publishwithnow.com. If you've got a story that needs to be told, boy, I'd love for you to talk to Lisa Marie. Publishwithnow.com. Lisa, do you want to, is there a phone number you want to give out to? As long as we're on the air, you know, you could go ahead and give a phone number out. Well, sure. And it's very much like your listener line. I love your 866-713-WORK. We have our own that's, um, uh-oh. 888-5069-NOW. <laughs> Say that again now. 5069-NOW. 888-5069-NOW. like that. There Very go. good. All right. Okay. Stephanie, you were had two kids. Your husband comes home. He says, yeah, I'm really done. You're pregnant with your third child. You've got some major decisions to make, and you decide to move back to Florida. You convinced a friend to come back to Florida with you. And, and you're both single ladies. You got three kids. You know, your story gets pretty complicated when you get back here. I mean, Florida's not exactly an easy place. Where were you, where were you living when you moved down here to Florida? Yeah, so I was pregnant with my third child, and uh, my marriage basically fell apart. And we had gone to counseling prior to that for two years and really worked to make it better after the first kind of World War II in the marriage. And so we really spent a lot of time and what I thought was was improving it, but it turns out that that wasn't the case. And so it fell apart, and I was living in Pittsburgh at the time with, with my husband at the time because uh, we were both Air Force, and so we had hopped around a little bit. And actually, I had never lived in Florida prior to that. I had never even been to Florida. And so here oh, I am. What? On God's green earth. Brought you from <laughs> Pittsburgh where it's snowy and cold. Yeah. I'm like, I just think Florida sounds nice. That's exactly <laughs> what I did, yeah. So basically, I'm living in Pittsburgh there, and his family lives there, who I love his family very deeply. But my, I wasn't from Pittsburgh, and so it's like, well, I don't want to stay here. And you're from Illinois. I'm from Illinois. Which part of Illinois? Uh, the Peoria area. So Which the is middle. very, very nice. Why didn't you go to Peoria? It's cold in Peoria. It's <laughs> cold in Pittsburgh. It's cold everywhere. All right. So you move down here, and life is tough. Mm-hmm. Living is tough. Finding work is tough. You're a single mom of three kids. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So I didn't anticipate it being so difficult. I think it had, mm. we always say, had I known how hard it would have right. been, I never would have done it. And that's probably pretty accurate. So I definitely didn't anticipate the the challenges with finding work. And it wasn't finding a job. It was finding a job that would pay enough to cover childcare for three kids, four and under and pay bills. And mm. that just was like a catch 22. I couldn't I wasn't qualified to get a job that would pay enough to actually make sense to go to work. And so I kept trying to pick up these little odd jobs and doing these things that could work around the kids' schedule. And it just kept blowing up in my face. Well, but then you figured out that the GI Bill would pay for you to go to school. Yeah. And give you living expenses along the way. Yeah. And that's led you where, to you where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I don't, want, I don't want to spoil that just yet. So let me say, I mean... We it do gets, want them to read the book. I do want to read the book. And we're talking with Stephanie Costello about her book, The Year I Turned 30, Decisions That Changed Destiny. And really, if you want to describe the book, it is Stephanie gets to the end of her own rope and she finally realizes God's been going, hey, I got a rope right here. Jump on. I got it right here for you. She's just like, grab onto the rope. No, I don't want to grab on your rope. Yeah, here's a rope right here. You, you, no, no I, I still have a string left. No, This is what grab. was going on in Jim's is, head while he was that's reading. That's like, exactly wow. How much worse? Well, you did a good job get. writing the story then if he got that <laughs> so, out of it. So it got so bad for you, Stephanie Coslow, that one Christmas, you knew there'd be nothing under the tree for your children. 
unless you could somehow get to where family was so that other people could provide gifts for your kids. But part of that was then you had to get money for fuel to drive from Florida to Pittsburgh to Illinois, which I know driving. I've I've done that trip, not specifically that, but I know. I mean, that was a three thousand plus mile trip, which means you had to have hundreds of dollars for gas. What what on earth were you? Th- and you did it at Christmas time, which, by the way, in Pittsburgh and in Peoria, it snows Christmas time. Yeah, so it's it's funny now that I think back on that time because now in my current life where it's not quite so chaotic, I look back on that and think, you are crazy. What were you thinking to do that? But as I kind of get into in the book, it was more than providing Christmas for my kids. And I really wanted them to spend time with family, but I really needed that for myself too. And my life in Florida was unraveling so quickly that... It was honestly it was running away. It was just like, I'm going to leave these problems in Florida. We're going to go do the holidays. My kids are going to have all these great memories. And and I get to escape for a little bit. And then um, so I really can't justify it in in a normal person's mentality because it was really a desperation move. Anybody's got to be desperate. A single mom jumping in a car, <laughs> driving 3000 miles at Christmas time. All right. So Jesus intersected your life. What did that look like? Because you got to the end of your rope and all of a sudden God just becomes alive to you. Yeah. So throughout these several years, the year I turned 30 is really kind of a three year period surrounding my That's 30th That's why most women birthday. like to think, I'm still 29. How many years ago was that? <laughs> or a free mom. 35 years. It's 30-ish. 30-ish. Yeah. So throughout that, I would pray. I grew up Christian and I and I would pray and sometimes I would go to church, but but then I realized that I would pray and ask for help and then just do whatever I wanted anyway. So I would I would ask for help and then completely block it from from actually intercepting my life. And I don't I can't pinpoint a specific day that I s- recognized that I was doing that. But at a certain point, I kind of think it was around the time that I learned of the GI Bill. And that was like a miracle that was dropped down to heaven from me. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can go to school and get paid and all this. And so I think it was around that time that I really started realizing God is in control and I just have to allow him to be in control. You know, in, in church and things like that, they tell you, you have to accept Jesus into your heart, you know? And so I really think I needed to invite him in and let him in instead of just saying, Hey, could you help me out? But really kind of blocking that. And so it was really a right, lesson. You just wanted him to pass the mail through the door. You weren't really yeah. interested in coming through yeah, the but door. I d- and I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I thought, Hey, I'm praying. Why isn't it working? But really at a deeper level, I was withholding. I was thinking, I still got this. Like I can still figure this out. And so it was this complete surrender to what God wants for my life instead of trying to plan it out and say, God, can you fit into this plan that I created instead of doing that? And nobody listening has ever done that. I mean, I'm, you know, you're one in a billion, you know, I'm just, you know, we so often think, okay, we're going to just make our plan and Lord bless it. And um, so you saw that God had a different way of doing that. Yeah. And I really started to understand how to listen and how to let God in. And and I learned that he speaks to us in a way that we can understand. And so for me, it's like gut feelings. And if I get excited about something or feel drawn towards something, I should go with that feeling. And so I started asking God then like, okay, well, tell me how to feel you. Tell me how to go along the path. Show me what path you have for me. Because at that point, I didn't even know how to how to hear him in my own life and in my own way. And so it was also a process of learning how to hear God. All of this led you to getting a degree 
and starting a magazine or taking over a magazine. I don't remember the exact details, but where are you today? Because I want to make sure before we say goodbye to you, I want, where are you today with where the Lord has gotten you? All of those incredible things that lead up to today. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's really a crazy question to look back on all of the chaos and then see where I am today. So how many years ago did you, did your husband say, I'm done? So that was, um, in 2000, my son, I was pregnant with Roman and he was born in 2013. So five years ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, at this point, my husband, my ex-husband and his wife now live in Florida. They moved here. We have a great co-parenting relationship. They have the kids 40% of the time and it's, it's a really great relationship. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, I acquired the magazine, uh, toward the end of the book there. And that has been such a fulfilling and exciting journey. And with a lot of opportunities to meet really crazy, interesting people and and just and just show God's love through writing and um, and so now I'm working on transitioning out of that actually because I have a full-time position at the US Institute against human trafficking which is a passion that I found through uh, the school that I was going to and through the people that I was meeting through the magazine and so I really have found a passion to end the demand for sex traffic victims and so now I'm so fortunate to be able to do that full-time and it's a faith-based, a nonprofit it's an amazing organization. organization. So. Jeff Rogers has been on the air. Lisa Marie, we're gonna have we're, we're running out of time, but I want to thank you for bringing in Stephanie Coslow for letting her share her story for 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 publishing the book. The year I turned thirty. You you want more customers like this, don't you? You want more more authors like this, don't you? We absolutely do. And actually, her book is part of our series, What Matters Most of All. Um, we've done four, and we're actually now getting ready to publish our fifth one with it on Mother's Day. That's a, a, mir- a book about miracles written by two women pastors. So we hope that listeners might come and take a look at our, our What Matters Most series. We'll be- Today, as we celebrate Good Friday, we're going to get into a conversation about Good Friday here in just a second. But we're just finishing up a conversation we're having with Lisa Marie Garcia from PublishWithNow.com. That's PublishWithNow.com. If you've got a story like Stephanie Coslow's, actually, if you've got a story that's got faith intertwined within it, that's a story that Lisa Marie wants to help you publish. Check them out online at publishwithnow.com. Stephanie Coslow, just one final question before we start talking about Easter and the impact on all of our lives. You are a Christian businesswoman. You're a woman whose God has transformed your life. What is one thing that you wanted to make sure that you told people out of your story as we're talking on the air today? Yeah, that's a great question. So I guess one thing that I would like to say is, is we talked about the Christmas trip that we took and me and psycho woman, (laughs) crazy, desperate (laughs) Christmas trip, running away from problems. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm pulling back into the parking lot of the apartment complex we lived in and I'm, I'm grabbing the baby and some bags from Christmas and telling the two little ones to run ahead and go up to the door. Um, As we're walking up to the door, I see this this green paper sticking on my door. And I'm thinking, oh no, what is this? And so we get closer and closer and I can see the words on it. And it's just like my heart sunk and lead feet walking. Like I have to keep going forward. And so we get to the door and it says eviction notice basically. And I didn't have a backup at that point. And that's where God comes into play in this story. That's why you need to get a copy of this book, The Year I Turned 30, Decisions That Changed Destiny by Stephanie Coslow. 866-713-9675. 866-713-9675. Call, get a copy of this book. 866-713-WORK.
All right, we're going to transition with our guests, Martha. We've got Lisa Marie Garcia in studio from publishwithnow.com. We've got Stephanie Coslow in here, who's written this incredible book, The Year I Turned 30. And we're going to transition to talking about Easter, because it's Good Friday. And in my own life, I can't imagine a more significant day, because if Jesus hadn't done what he did on Good Friday, Easter would be meaningless. It would be about bunnies with you know, plastic-filled eggs and chocolate and you know, ridiculous other things. Easter and the impact on our lives. I just want to speak to, uh, let's just share that story. Let's just go around the room. And and Michael, I'm going to ask you to jump in on this as well. When you look at the story, Martha, of Easter, how how does it impact you? How does it impact me? Well, um, firstly, I think that um, as much as we are thankful that Jesus came and was born and we have Christmas, I in one sense, it's sad that Easter's not a bigger deal in our world. Um, but I'm so thankful that it is because so many people will joke if if they say they haven't gone to church, you know, they or they go, they're CE, you know, church attenders, they're Christmas and Easter church attenders. Um, that is at least there's a pulling on their heart. But to understand that it's so much more that without Christ's death and his resurrection, um, we would not have the um the 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 transfer of our sins onto Jesus Christ and the ability to be saved and to uh have eternal life. I mean there's so much more and I could, you know, right. you can preach a whole sermon on that, but the fact preach that it, woman. but that <laughs> it's go. it's a reality that without the significance of what happened between actually Monday Thursday or Palm Sunday. I mean you can you know, you can go back all of the things of Christ's ministry that led up to this point in time is what makes the difference in our life. Lisa Marie, talk about the impact of Easter on your life. Oh my goodness, that's a huge, it's a a big question, right? And so yesterday I saw the movie, the Paul, the Apostle of Christ with my- Give it a rating. I think it's a, a fabulous. Every Christian person, every person needs to go see it. Does it, it match up good, to scripture? Um, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. Does Jim Caviezel steal the show as You Luke? know what? He, he really doesn't. Um, you know, he's great. He, he, I, I just think he's a fabulous actor. I really, yes. really admire him. And, and So you'd recommend Paul? I would recommend C- Paul. Can people sure. take their kids to Paul? Um, to a certain age. My daughter was 11 and there was a, a two points where I kind of hid her eyes and hid my own eyes to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not it. for little kids. Yeah, not for little kids for okay. sure. Um, but what I was struck with is they opened the movie with the 20 lashes. They gave Paul 20 lashes, and I'm sure it wasn't the first time, right, in prison. And so, you know, Good Friday, I'm still, I still get stuck on the amount of torturous pain, the 39 lashes that Jesus got and, and how he was treated and how he was humiliated and how he was, you know, stabbed, beaten. And honestly, it affects me. I mean, it just, it's really... Good Friday is a hard, hard day, right, to to mm-hmm. get through as a believer. But then when you realize, you know, what Easter Sunday means, and I think for me, being a parent has even made it more deep for me. Mm. It's made Easter more real and more deep because can you imagine what God sacrificed his own son, his only son, his own child to that, thinking from it from a perspective, what I would you know how could how could someone love us so much to do that? And so that's really what Easter. You know, it's very it's. And I agree with what you're saying, Martha. It should be bigger than anything because it is what makes us, what gives us our life and our salvation. Mm. So it's a big deal. 
Stephanie Coslow. You get to jump in the conversation. Now you turn into a radio talk show host. All right, so talk to, talk to us about the impact of Easter on your life. So Easter for me really brings to light all of the, and maybe this, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer. No, there is not a wrong answer. <laughs> it, it just, it makes me think about all the times that I've gone wrong or all the times I've screwed up or the bad decisions made or the, the times that we sin and, and don't follow the path that, that God is illuminating for us. And so it kind of, I reflect on that and I reflect on all of the times that I've gone astray and every single time Jesus was there to, to pull me back and he died on the cross so that we could have opportunities to learn through our mistakes and that we could still have salvation. And so for me, it's really a time to reflect on, on the the distance that we've come and the fact that we have salvation and he gave that to us. And so it's just, I feel a lot of gratitude. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that. Michael Miracle, been part of the I Work For Him family now almost five years. Five years on April the 15th. Talk to us about you know the impact of Easter on your life. I mean, aside from all the Cadbury eggs and the... Uh, which Michael is a chocolate fiend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the peeps, too, which so, I don't like. <laughs> you don't but like the peeps? I don't. I don't. Don't. Definitely. My sister, I save those for her, but... Um, and all the sweets and all that stuff. I'll tell you this. I mean, it does have a profound effect on me to go back to, to what Lisa Marie was saying. And that's something that I can empathize with and something that... <clears throat> As I've gone on here in my journey and my Christ following, um, you know, progress here, every year it's gotten a little bit more impactful for me. This year is different, you know, because I'm starting to get back into the word, the Old Testament. And then so reading that um, in conjunction with just what what really happened on Friday and then the following Sunday is something that is just so it's almost, it's almost for me impossible to put into words. I mean, like you can't, it's awesome. Yes. It's great. Yes. All these others, these big, these big fun words. But I mean, even, even those, even those types of words don't truly, you know, uh, paint the picture for what it means to me and probably, uh, uh, many Christ followers as well. So it's really, really cool. It, it, it's, it's breathtaking. When I look at the, it really the, the impact of Easter on my own life. And when you come to realize that, you know, life is so short. And then when, when we decide to be, when we finally surrender our lives, become Christ followers, you know, so many of us, it's a, it's a multi-stage deal where what we surrender. But when you look at what Jesus surrendered in 33 years, he surrendered everything. He never claimed his throne. He, he lived a pauper's life, had zero possessions except his underwear and his jacket. That's really all he had. And it's probably a set of sandals. And, and he gave up everything for us. And, and to think that, you know, he just asks us to be obedient as we surrender our lives to him. And so often we say, but I'm kind of busy. I got this to binge on tonight and I've got, you know, these things to do around the house and my car needs work and our friends are having a party. Jesus, I'll get back to you next week. And when you look at what Jesus set the ultimate example for all of us in what is surrendered to the mission of our heavenly father look like in complete obedience. And uh, I, I just, I'm humbled by that because, you know, there are so many Christ followers around the world that in total obedience means death for them. They, they give up everything to follow Jesus. And in this country to date, that has not been the case. It's coming, but it's not been the case. All right, here's my next question. 
this is a workplace ministry show. This is a show that talks about connecting what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. And, and, and that's why I want to ask this question. How does Easter and the reality of Good Friday and the resurrection of Jesus on Easter, how does that impact the workplaces that we work within? Stephanie Costello, I'm going to you first. You've been involved in the magazine business. Now you're involved in the U.S. Uh, Institute of Human Trafficking. Did I get that right? USA? Against Human Trafficking. Against yeah. USAIHT. <laughs> I can picture it. USAIHT. Yeah. Well, how does Easter the, the 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 resurrection of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of his life and the raising of him from the dead. How does that impact what you do every day? So I'm actually so fortunate because I work for a faith based nonprofit. And mm-hmm. so uh, there's already faith within our workplace and there's there's morning prayer every single day. And so um, we get around the conference room table and everybody prays and, and thanks God for what we have and ask for protection and blessings and things like that. And um and so it's just a really great workplace to be in any time of the year. And then holidays, Christian holidays and, and things like that just make it that much better where our focus is on being grateful for what Jesus has done and for what Easter represents and things like that. And then um, we do have a boys safe home that that is a safe home for biologically born males who identify anywhere in the gender spectrum who have been victims of human trafficking. And so Easter is is an opportunity to share God's word. Uh, we we share it with them without pushing them into it. You know, everybody has their own path and their own timeline in getting to God's word. But so it's just a great opportunity to be able to share that with, with the people in our home. Mm, That's so huge. So um, for me, I guess just getting the opportunity to even spend time today um, because we have the luxury of being able to decide really what we talk about on the air to be able to dedicate some time and just really helping people hopefully to reflect a little bit and to say, what is it that I'm doing here and how am I using the platform that God's given me, whatever that may be in my workplace and um, pointing people towards Jesus Christ. You know, the mission of I work for him is connecting what we hear on Sundays with what we do in our nine to five. Why? Because the eternity of millions is at stake. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of I Work For Him, you and I go to work each and every day. Our workplace, it's our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. And you may be their only chance. And it's all because of what happened that Easter morning. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, he'd be no different than any of the other religions out there. But Jesus changed it all. Publishwithnow.com. Publishwithnow.com. She's one of our daily sponsors. I would love for you to check out her ministry, which is publishing helping authors who've got a faith story to publish books. And she does kids' books and adult books and everywhere in between. She's got in studio with us today, Stephanie Kostler, who's written this great book, The Year I Turned 30. We're giving away a copy of that today. 866-713-9675. Call, leave a message, and we will get a copy to you. 866-713-9675. Martha and I are talking Easter with our guests. And, you know, I wanted, Lisa Marie, I wanted you to just chime in. Because when we look at the impact of what happened on Easter, Jesus blowing the living daylights out of that huge stone and pushing it aside, right? Raising from the dead, appearing to over to hundreds of people and 500 people at one time to show, Hey, I rose from the dead. How does that impact how we approach our workplace on a daily basis? 
Well, I really think the, um, for me and for really our team at now, we talk about this where you can't keep a section of your life separate from all of your life, right? So if you are a believer, if you are a follower, if you, as you said, are obedient and, and daily live, try to live your best life being obedient to, to God, the father, because of what uh, happened with his son, right? This, um, um, this, this Holy week, then you need to run and conduct your business that way as well. So that is really what it means for us. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something, just um, something that's been reminded to me. And I made a declaration, so to speak, to my daughters the other day that I am not being obedient in terms of keeping the Sabbath holy. And, you know, work can kind of seep in there. And the next thing I know, it's a work day. And and um, so, you know, that's what it means to me to be a Christ follower. Well, let's, well, let's just hang on, hang on for a second. Okay, Darn, so if, so, if, so if if you're having <laughs> trouble, if you have a trouble making the, keeping the Sabbath holy, when you look at and the reason we celebrate the Sabbath on Sundays because Jesus rose from the dead right. on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. What 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 would that look like at home if you? kept the Sabbath holy? What would it look like? Tell your kids. Exactly. It looks like that we don't skip a game night and it looks like that, you know, we maybe loiter longer at church than what we normally do, that we have our together family time to keep the Sabbath holy and keeping together and loving each other and, you know, more time for our study and our reading, just everything that we're not doing, right? The Monday through Saturday in our life. Why does God want Mm. us to keep the Sabbath holy? Is this a quiz? Yep. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just helping you. You're, you're, you're putting it out there so your kids can listen and say, okay, mom, you said it on the air. Oh. Let's live this out. What, why? Why did a God want us to treat Sunday different? Well, my answer would, to my children is because that's our extra day of praise to him and thankfulness and gratefulness and for all that he's given us. Um, is that a... It's a great answer for you. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's all about rest. I mean, it is, it yeah, is Martha, right. Martha and I are workaholics as well. And it is very tough. I just don't turn my computer on on Sundays yeah. because if I turn my computer on, it's done. I mean, I just, I'm done. Yeah. So, and I might read, I might read for the show, but that's very relaxing for me. And I can hear the voice of God when I read, cause it's the only time I'm really quiet. And most of you that are listening, <laughs> understand that. So, I mean, it, it's, there was the, a God, lot of laughter. In there was a lot of laughter. In the room. You were holding it back. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to Easter because if not for Easter, the point I work around would have no point. Mm-hmm. If not for Jesus raising from the dead, there'd be zero point to having a radio show about connecting your faith to your work because your faith would be useless if not for Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. All right, so let's just let's just lay that out with how are you going to celebrate Easter with your children this coming Sunday? So, so can I talk Ma- about that first? Yes, Martha, okay. go ahead. So I've been really wrestling with this because um, we're going to have a one-year-old grandchild in the home, which he probably could care less that it's Easter this year. But I've been really wrestling with like, how do we make sure that we are teaching the importance, not the culture. And um, I know we weren't always intentional with our kids, although we have had the resurrection eggs since, you know, years ago. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, Google it. It's probably too late to get them delivered, although somebody probably can send <laughs> not a drone. Amazon's got, not I, Amazon's have got them right some, in stock. I haven't get looked. Delivered. If you have a local bookstore, check it out. Um, but it helps to just give some physicalness to talking through the with the kids about Easter, but being intentional about making it's okay to have eggs, but let's talk about the egg. 
Let's talk about new life. Let's talk about baby chicks. Um, whatever it is that our culture has adopted, there's actually a lot of reasons for that. So let's embrace that and talk about new life in Christ. Um, one of the things, and there's so many things, and I'm sure you can go to Pinterest and look up ideas, but um, there are people that there is a resurrection bread that you put in the oven overnight and in the morning it is, you know, it it's new life. And I mean, there's so much symbolism, but let's take advantage of that opportunity and not just waste another holiday. Well, and I, I mean, what I want to go with it to our audience and to us is to say, when you go back into work on Monday is say, Hey, you just ask a question. It's very harmless. How'd you celebrate Easter yesterday? And and try to, you just ask a question. If they ask you, well, how did you celebrate? If they turn around and ask you, well, how did you celebrate? You get a chance to to share. Mm-hmm. That is, if you weren't just, you know, watching Easter Bunny and chasing eggs, if you actually went to church to worship and the reality of what Easter is all about. Lisa Marie, how do you plan? How many kids do you have? I've got two middle school age daughters. <laughs> 11 and 13. I love Sorry. this age. Did I, did I laugh out loud? Because um, you just said you have two middle aged did I? Daughters, middle school age. Middle school age daughters. <laughs> that just, those eight years were very exciting years. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you celebrating Easter with your daughters on Sunday? We, we are going to church. and um, Where do you go to church? Give a plug. We go to City Life Church. Um, Where's it at? Which, where? It's uh, on Dale Mabry and Waters. And uh, pastors. So Tampa. Tampa is uh, Tony and, and Casey Stewart are the pastors there. So it's a wonderful church. Um, again, I'm kind of going to go back to... Um, Good Friday, because what we're also doing, though, is on Friday at noon, my oldest daughter is a mourner. She's got a big part in the Stations of the Cross. We're going to go through the Stations of the Cross, which really, again, cements the whole journey in that. So, you know, we try to... I try to, you know, live the life I believe, right, and involve these girls, especially at this very influential age, into, you know, it, it is more than you know, the journey of, of Mm -hmm. Jesus being risen versus Mm -hmm. the day. Stephanie, what about with you, with your three children, how are you going to celebrate Easter? Yeah. So my three kids are nine, seven, and four. And so we definitely go to church. We go to Bridgeway church in Wesley chapel and I love Bridgeway church. It's a phenomenal place to go and they have a great kids program. So we'll start the day doing that. Which is super important for a single mom. It's super important. Yes. Uh, so we'll start the day doing that. And then actually I go over to uh, my ex-husband's mom's house and then, So my kid's dad will be there. Their stepmom will be there. We do all the holidays and stuff together. And we'll do some of the cultural things because my kids are little and they like that. So we'll do an egg hunt and things like that. But we always make a point to talk about what is Easter and what does this mean and and include it in our prayers and really sort of try to try to get them to understand in their child minds the symbolism of the different parts of our culture. And so we'll have a little bit of fun and then a lot of praising Mm -hmm. on that day. It's exciting to be able to do it. And Martha, I love the question of, okay, how are we going to do it this weekend with our, our latest grandchild who is going to be one years old, or he's already one years old, and celebrating with little Noah. And, and that's going to be, that'll be fun. But I think we just have to ask Joshua and Amelia, who are deep Christ followers, say, how do you want us to start this tradition? What do you want it to look like? Uh, we don't get to participate with our Minnesota grandchildren on Easter very often. In fact, never. And so we haven't gotten a chance to do that. But this is one we get a chance to do with Joshua and Amelia and their son, Noah. Let's just let's just end this with a little bit more about publishwithnow.com and now publishing Lisa Marie. You've got lots of people listening today who they've got a story and some people listening have really like their stories are like Hollywood. They can make they can, somebody could write a movie about it. I, I think Stephanie's could definitely make a pretty interesting movie. It'd be more like Thelma and Louise kind of crazy, <laughs> but you know, okay. 
What, what kind of people out there, what, what kind of stories people should say, you know, I don't know, how do I know if my story is worthy of being published? Well, come and talk to us for sure, because um, in so conversation is free. Conversation is free. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, consultation we will talk. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to your story. We'll hear um, what it is. You know, we you know, there's a lot of books out there. Right. And there's this big company called Amazon. You might have heard of them. Right. They publish how many Another books? free plug. For yeah, Amazon, there you go. Sure. I know I, they should be a sponsor. Um, but we we specialize in this idea that um, you bring the story to us. And with our director of publishing, she is just phenomenal. She is a um, multiple, multiple best-selling author in USA Today, Publisher Weekly, you know, New York Times. She just has this art and skill and talent for for building the story and for turning it into a page reader and a must-read book and a book that you want to give to other people. And that's really what we focus on and what we specialize in as well. Check Lisa Marie and her team out online at publishwithnow.com. That's publishwithnow.com. Stephanie Coslo, thanks for sharing your book, The Year I Turned 30. Really appreciate you sharing your story today. Thank you for having me. This and is Lisa awesome. Marie, thank you for coming and bringing here with thank you. Thank you, Jim and Martha. Now, as we head to the end of the show today, just take a moment and think on this Good Friday and how you can spend the day contemplating the significance of what Christ went through on this morning a couple thousand years ago the agony but yet he had so many choices to walk away from the cross and yet never did because he loved us before we loved him and when you celebrate on sunday the resurrection understand that he he won the battle the battle was won that day right martha amen you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg for christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i, I work, work for him, him.